Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. ladies and gentlemen, maimed hearts and souls. So prior to contemplating featuring this episode, I, I, I just wanted to note that we've covered, we've canvassed quite a bit of terrain, covered a smorgasbord of topics indeed, okay? And again, prior to deciding upon the topic for this episode, I contemplated uh, the topic of consistency or inconsistency, which we will, we will, be featuring, I will be featuring a broadcast on that coming very soon, perhaps next episode or two. But then it occurred to me, we've discussed the matter of love when we've embarked upon the topic of love, of romance, of relationship sabbaticals. Again, vast and varied canvas terrain, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, this episode is supposed to entail just that with the intent of keeping things checked and balanced, equilibrium finding a middle ground. So what I come up with, um, it, it occurred to me, I had an epiphany, aha, uh-huh. let's feature an episode pertaining to wounded warriors. And no, I'm not referring to, referring to the literal wounded warriors who I have the utmost respect and admiration for, our veterans, that is, who served and continue, who have served this country and those who continue to serve this country. Okay, I'm speaking of the wounded warriors in the figurative context, ladies and gentlemen those who have been scarred by via the game of love. So pun is intended, ladies and gentlemen. How often have we found ourselves uh, boy meets girl, girl meets boy, male meets female, man meets woman, and vice versa. Sparks fly, the chemistry, you know, is, is all blaring. And then at some juncture, betwixt and between this, graceful dance of love, you know, we hit a wall. Uh, Oftentimes, one of the reasons uh, that is induced is because either one party, if not, or the other, or in some cases, both parties, are still, haven't still gotten over it. I'm speaking of the exes, the X factor, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Um, We haven't, have you checked your baggage, ladies and gentlemen? Now that I do believe we've embarked upon, if not on this broadcast and platform, then perhaps on my prior conference calls, recalibrating the scale. So this is a question I'd like for you to ask yourself. Are you over him or her as of yet? If so, what are the indicators? Okay, so in speaking upon this episode, I would like to share, as I've been doing the past few episodes or or so, I'd like to share some information uh, rendered by others, 
that I've stumbled upon in doing my research upon this subject or on this subject of getting over it, getting over the heartache and the heartbreak, um, being scarred again by love. So here is what one person that I would like to allude to actually is Rory Ray. Rory Ray is a relationship coach who's been around uh, for quite some time, and she's really, really onto some things. Now, albeit I may not agree with 150%, you know, of her theories and what she alludes to, she definitely is is pretty par for the course. She's, she's spot on. So let me just share a little bit about Rory Ray, for those of you who may be wondering. Her relationship platform is to have the relationship you want platform. I actually stumbled upon her and her website when during my marital chapter, my previous marital chapter at the time, and I'm most grateful for that. So here's her speaking on her website, havetherelationshipyouwant.com. So she says, hi, this is Rory. What if you could really transform your relationship overnight? Okay. What she does is she makes lemons out of lemonade. Uh, if your relationship in any shape, form, or fashion is faltering for any reason, she, using her methods, as she is very confident um, in, in her methods and her ideology, she believes in the turnaround. She, you could turn around just about any relationship, no matter um, where it is in its, in its phase of the relationship. In most cases, you know, not all. But she says again, hi, this is Roy. What if you could really transform your relationship overnight? I wanted to take a minute and introduce myself, like you're wondering, who am I? And what have I to teach you about love and relationships? So, yes, I'm a trained relationship coach, a former crisis counselor, and through my ebook, programs, and newsletter, I've helped thousands of women succeed in love by teaching them the tools I've created and developed, developed with my clients. So she does cater to the female gender, might I add. Okay, and she, she goes on. In a nutshell, she has been married for 25 years, um, as she notes to a, a brilliantly wonderful man. But she notes that even in her storybook relationship, it wasn't always like that. In fact, she says it was pretty horrific for the first five years and horrible in the same way that all of her prior relationships were. So prior to meeting her husband, she was that crumb-taking, crumb-snatching queen when it came to men. Does that sound familiar, ladies Ladies, in particular? And gentlemen, but particularly you ladies who are listening, my dear listeners. I, she said she had so little self-esteem and practically no boundaries at all. And the only thing that she did well was to try to control and manipulate everyone and everything in her life until that changed, you know, by very sweetly and smiling. She attracted losers and men who didn't want her. Um, she, she, she was in a relationship for more than a year and it suddenly ended. And then she found out that he, what he'd always felt was, was that, that they were just friends she and her counterpart at that time. So she basically had her own epiphany, just summing this up. I welcome you, you know, to visit her website because it's quite enlightening, particularly you ladies out there, um, pertaining, you know, regarding her and her personal story as to how she found her calling, 
was helping droves of women across the globe to convert their faltering romances into success stories. Okay, but that's a different topic. We're speaking of the heartache and the and the and the heartbreak, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Um, she did. There are um, some uh, Q and A's that she's incorporated into her website, and she's titled this: "If he keeps, if he," and she's speaking just of the male persuasion. If he keeps going back to his ex, do this. Okay, and these are her words. She says, I played second fiddle to a man's ex, and she's been the ex that a man never gave another thought to. And I've been the woman who erased all thoughts of an ex from a man's mind and heart. There's always an ex of some kind. It's when there's still an emotional pull there for a man that we have to pay attention and take good care of ourselves. So she shares a letter uh, from one of her readers who's in the middle of a dreaded ex situation. So she says, if what her reader is going through sounds familiar to, then she wants you to try some of her tools, okay? So here's one of them. I've been dating a man for three months, began sleeping with him about two months ago. I saw him today, and he was cold and distant, and at the end of our date shared with me that we had recently had dinner with his ex-girlfriend and realizes he still has feelings for her. He's still he's doing contract work for her on her home and stays in contact. She has a new boyfriend and he has told her about me. He tells me he is confused and wants to see me for dinner and walks and walks as friends, no sex, she has in parentheses, until he sorts out his feelings for her. I was having dinner with him at the time and realized I needed to end the date as I was processing the information and starting to feel bad. As I was leaving, he wants to hug and kiss me. I'm not interested in being physical with the man who announces he's got feelings for someone else. I'm feeling hurt, and I know he'll be calling, acting like there's nothing wrong. How do I handle this? He's a good guy, and I appreciate his honesty. Is he even worth it? So Rory's response is, Linda, welcome. It makes no difference at all how worth anything he is. The question is, what is he to you? In other words, is he doing the job for you? And the answer is no, right now. And yes, that can change. That's what all my tools are, to change things. Back to basics. You must never, never become exclusive with a man again until you have a wedding date. That is her ideology, ladies and gentlemen. I'm serious, she says. If you had a full rotation of men, you'd be able to slip by this effortlessly. So go out there and start circular dating. If you don't have targeting, Mr. Right, and these are some of her tools, ladies and gentlemen, circular dating and targeting Mr. Right. Read all about it. Have the relationship you want.com. So read around here in that category so you can get a sense of what circular, circular dating is all about. It's not just about dating and get started. Now, this kind of thing happens at the three-month mark all the time, Bray says. It's part of the experience of being a diva and working with all kinds of men until you are able to choose one. You're handling this totally correctly. Just smile and let him go and start dating other men. You'll see this will work for you. Love, Rory. Okay. And let me just jump ahead a little bit. 
And there's another one. Hi, I've been seeing my partner for the last year. He split with his ex of eight years, four months before we met. It has been rocky with her in the background toying with him. We moved in together October of 2009, and she managed to contact him and tell him she had feelings for him, which he says he felt confused by. He told me before Christmas he wanted to end things but did not move out, and I didn't move. I made him sleep in the spare room. I started following Rory advice about January. He moved out in March, but has since been trying to come back. I thought he'd made up his mind because he wanted me. It seems there was a hope they might get to get back together, but I'm learning that his ex went back to her fella about March. He says he's not in love with her and loves me and is in love with me, but this has happened twice before, and I thought I loved him, but I feel like a fool and betrayed. I don't feel I can trust him. What do you think? So Roy's response is, welcome, and I don't like this man for a relationship with you. Just from what you've told me, there's no doubt for me that even if he isn't, quote, in love with his ex, he's feeling a difference between the two of you engaging the intensity of what he felt for the ex to what he feels for you. And it doesn't compute for him. As long as he's, quote, confused, there's nothing for you there. Please, please start circular dating. You will bring him in closer if you ignore him. My guess is you care a lot more for him than the, than the ex did, and that's what he finds attractive. Instead of trying to turn yourself into a different woman for him, go out there and find a man to you, to you know, to who you are undeniably the one, the one. In the meantime, what's going to happen for you is you're going to get bored. All caps B O R E D with him. I don't see a lot of pain here for you if you circular date. And use the tools 24-7. Yes, even while you're dreaming. Love, Rory. And I'll stop there. So basically, that's Rory Ray's strategy. And those are her some of her tools. Of course, she goes into much greater depth in her, uh, in her literature, in her audio books, her e-book, which is most enlightening. Again, like I said, I, for me personally, um, it's not about game playing because I'm definitely not an advocate of that at all. I believe in the utmost transparency, but it does have to have to do with, as my mom has always alluded to, seeing things at face value and not putting yourself on the clearance rack in the words of, of my sister, Rita. Great advice, Rita. Rock on. Moving on. So, Let's move on to uh, some other strategies for number one. Um, this is bustle, actually. <laughs> if your partner can't say these seven things about their ex, they're still hung up on them. So in a nutshell, it reads, and this is the author is Christine Felizar. Okay. She says, nobody wants to invest their time into a relationship with someone who's just counting down the days until their ex decides they want them back. So how can you tell if your partner still hung up on an ex? According to experts, listen closely to the things they don't say. At some point in your relationship, you're going to talk about exes. It's one of those important and awkward conversations that give you and your partner a chance to bond. Talking about what went wrong in the past can help you make better decisions for the future. But if your partner can't even talk about their ex, the relationship, or even the breakup, they might still be thinking about them. So in her quoted words, she quotes that 
The breakup may have been a really hard one to go through. And unless they're over it, it's going to be hard for them to talk about. Bethany Ricciardi, sex educator and relationship expert with Too Timid, quote, the romance company, tells Bustle, even if your partner struggles to talk about their ex in a positive light or at all, chances are their name still weighs heavily on their heart and they aren't over losing them yet. Oftentimes, the things people don't say reveal the most. So if your partner can't say any of these things about their ex, experts say they may not be fully over the situation. So let's explore what some of these things are. Number one, we were together for the wrong reasons, but I learned a lot. Okay? If your partner's truly over their ex, in a nutshell, in, in summary, they should be able to give you the details about why they were together, perhaps how long, um, explore some of the, some of the depths. Of, of that relationship. But if your partner can't articulate the reason they were with their ex, it's probably most likely um, a bandage over the relationship and they're not quite over it. So number two, they're a good person. So if your partner goes on and on about the bad things their ex did or calls them every bad, harsh word, every name in the book, they may not have moved past the heartache. So this is a red flag, ladies and gentlemen. As relationship expert and spiritual counselor, Davida Rappaport tells Bustle, quote, they may not have not gotten over their pain and disappointment, or they may not have completely healed from their breakup. Number three, I'm not mad anymore. You can tell your partner's still not over their ex if there's still a strong emotional con connection to the ex or relationship. Sound familiar, ladies and gentlemen? Can you smell the bacon? How, how many times have we encountered that individual, be it male or female, um, that just can't say, just, just harboring so much resentment, so much negative energy and negative charge pertaining to the ex? Well, in hindsight, being 2020, um, I know now, being the wise woman that I am, that, uh, yes, that too is a red flag. So this is something to make note of, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, according to Ellis Edmonds, psychologist who tells Bustle, so you can tell your partner is still not over their ex if there's, again, still a strong emotional connection to the ex or the relationship. relationship. And this is a licensed clinical psychologist, okay? It's very easy to spot. So, number four, I wish them the best. It's not uncommon to secretly wish your ex was just as miserable and upset as, as, at the breakup as you were. But once you're over an ex, the feelings of wanting them to hurt should start to fade. Ricciardi says, instead, he said, you should be wishing them the best authentically. At the end of the day, you really shouldn't care one way or the other whether or not your ex um, is a part of your life anymore. Let's move on to number five. As far as I know, we both seem a lot happier now. If your partner can't say they're glad their ex has, has moved on, chances are they're still hung up on them. According to Ricciardi, jealousy may still be rearing its abominable head. Those are my words. When there's jealousy, deeper feelings might remain. If your partner is upset in any way that their ex is seeing someone else, again, take it as a red flag. Number six, we don't really talk anymore. So it's, it's totally fine to be friends with an ex. When two people have been together for some time, it's only natural to be there for each other if one is going through a hard time. But if your partner's still texting their ex like they're BFFs, 
shared best friends, just bosom buddies, or making plans with them constantly while excluding you, according to Lori Bizzocho, a relationship expert and founder of Cupid's Pulse, who tells Bustle, then these are major red flags. The biggest red sign, um, according to her, is when your partner is not open and hides feelings from you about what they do with their ex. Everything should be out, outright, uncovered, unconcealed, and open. I'm, uh, again, I'm a glutton for transparency and a, an extreme advocate of it. Keep the channels of communication open. Use your throat chakra. Use your voices. Use your words, ladies and gentlemen. We've learned that in preschool. Okay, to convey your honest, earnest sentiments. But no secrets. If your partner can't genuinely state that they're over their ex, well, we've already stated they're still hung up on them. So those are some of their indications. Oh, oh, I, here's another. Honestly, I'm over it. <laughs> um, so, again, this is authenticity. If If your partner can't authentically vocalize, it does not authentically state that they're over their ex, then, of course, there's still something there. So those are some of the thoughts and suggestions and bustle, okay? Before closing, I'd like to share what the findings of Time Magazine. An article in Time Magazine, this is titled, The Best Way to Get Over a Breakup According to Science, okay? Andrew Gregory is the author of this article. The aftermath of a breakup can be devastating. Most people emerge from it intact, but research has shown that the end of a romantic relationship can lead to insomnia, intrusive thoughts, and even reduced immune function. While in the throes of a breakup, even the most motivated people can have a difficult time determining how best to get on with their lives. But as the old adage notes, and yes, and this too shall pass. So now in a small new study published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, General, researchers actually tested a variety of cognitive strategies and found one that worked the best for helping people get over a breakup. The researchers gathered a group of 24 heartbroken people, the age range was from 20 to 37, who had been in long-term relationships for an average of uh, about two and a half years. Some had been dumped, rejected, while others had ended their relationship gracefully, hopefully, but all were upset about it, and most still loved their exes. So in a series of prompts, they were coached using three cognitive strategies intended to help them move on. The first strategy was to negatively reappraise their ex. The person was asked to mull over the unfavorable aspects of their lover, like a particularly annoying habit. By highlighting the excess negative traits, the idea goes, the blow will be softened. Hmm, that's food for thought, ladies and gentlemen. So in another prompt called Love Reappraisal, people were told to read and believe statements of acceptance like, it's okay to love someone I'm, I'm no longer with. Instead of fighting how they feel, they were told to accept their feelings of love as perfectly normal without judgment. Then the third strategy was distraction to think about positive things unrelated to the ex, like a favorite food, just as distracting oneself can reduce cravings. It may also help a person overcome the persistent thoughts that come with a breakup. 
A fourth prompt, my dear listeners, is the control condition. Okay, the control condition didn't ask them to think about anything in particular. So next, the researchers showed everyone a photo of their ex, a realistic touch, since these often pop up in real life on social media. They measured the intensity of emotion in response to the photo using electrodes placed on the posterior of the scalp. The EEG reading of the late positive potential, which is the LPP, is a measure of not only emotion, but motivated intention, or to what degree the person is kept captivated by the photo. In addition, the researchers measured how positive or negative the people felt and how much they felt, uh, how much love they felt for the ex using a scale and questionnaire. According to the EEG readings, all three strategies significantly decreased people's emotional response to the photos relative to their responses in the control trials, which didn't use prompts. However, only people who looked at their lover in a negative light also had a, dec- had a decrease in feelings of love toward their ex. But these people also reported being in a worse mood than when they started, suggesting that these negative thoughts, although helpful for moving on, may be distressing in the short term. So distraction, on the other hand, made people feel better overall, but had no effect on how much they still love their ex-partner. Distraction, a quote, distraction is a form of avoidance, which has been shown to reduce the recovery from a breakup, says study co-author Sandra Langslang director of the Neurocognition of Emotion and Motivation Lab at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. So the strategy should be used sparingly to boost mood in the short term. So love reappraisal showed no effect on either love or mood, but still dulled the emotional response to the photo. The authors classify love for another person as a learned motivation similar to thirst or hunger, those drives that we have, ladies and gentlemen, drives that push us toward their partner in thought and in behavior. These, in turn, elicit different emotions based on the situation. When love is reciprocated, then quite naturally we feel joy. Or in the case of a breakup, persistent love feelings are associated with sadness and difficulty recovering an independent sense of self. Classifying love as a motivation is controversial in the field. Other experts believe that love is an emotion like anger or a script like riding a bike. However, the endurance of love, which lasts much longer than a typical bout of anger or joy, the complexity of these feelings, both positive and negative, and the intensity of infatuation all signal a motivation the authors write. So I'm going to summarize. To get over a breakup, heartbroken people change their way of thinking, which takes time, just as it can be challenging to fight over over other motivations like food or drug cravings. Love regulation, and a quote, doesn't work like an on or off switch, and this is according to Lang's language again. To make a lasting change, you'll probably have to regulate your love feelings regularly because the effects likely wear off after a short time. So writing a list of as many negative things about your ex as you can think of once a day until you feel better might be effective, though this exercise tends to make people feel worse, according to her. Her past research found that negative reappraisal also decreased infatuation and an attachment to one's ex, so it'll make you feel better in the long run. All three strategies make it easier for people to deal with encounters and reminders of the ex-partner in real life and on social media. So there you have it. 
hope you've extracted something useful and quite valuable from this episode, ladies and gentlemen. In exchange, I'd like to thank and applaud you all for your continued listenership. Please note that this radio show and movement rests upon your very broad shoulders as always. And therefore, we implore your continued listenership. I'd like to thank and applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, for your unwavering support as always. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off.